can I just tell the people, because my audio has been so bad, because it's so echoey where I'm at, I spent 20 minutes building a whole ass fort for this recording. And then when I was done building the fort, I realized I was going to run out of alcohol and I had to crawl through a tiny sliver out of the fort to not mess up what I had created. Right. Can I also say that she didn't know what a fort was? Which I thought everyone knew what a fort was, just like everyone knew what a lighthouse was. Oh, Oh, we're taking it back. I know what a fort is, guys, but I didn't know how to build one because I don't think I've ever built one. I didn't know there were rules, like a double chair. It's not sad. (laughs) I had a very fulfilling childhood. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. This is pretty fun. You were outside a lot. I was inside building forts. You were outside walking, walking around. Either way, I'm enjoying myself. I'm happy to be in the fort. Happy to be with you. It looks cozy. No, it honestly looks cozy. I'm I'm jealous because I don't have a fort. I'm just sitting here in my office room where I am every single day. <laughs> Mine looks my situation looks way more fun, except I just did hit my head on the chair next to me. So it's a little tight. <laughs> it's a tight squeeze. Hi guys, I'm Ash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm Beth today. <laughs> the fort makes me silly. And we're lost. Today, we are talking about the strange disappearance of the Jameson family. Have you heard of this case? No, I have not. Okay. All right, well, buckle up because we're going to get weird, we're going to get spooky, and we're going to get lost. Okay, I'm buckled and already lost. Okay. On October 8th, 2009, Bobby Jameson, his wife Sherilyn, and their six-year-old daughter Madison packed up their car and headed to the San Boys Mountains where they would never be seen alive again. And in order for you and everyone listening to understand the mindfuck that is this case, I think it's important to give a little background on the family. So I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. So the Jamesons lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma, which is about an hour and a half from the San Boys Mountains. At the time of their disappearance, both Bobby and Sherilyn were unemployed. Bobby had gotten into a really bad car accident, and Sherilyn suffered from bipolar disorder and severe depression. So they weren't the wealthiest, but they got by with what they had. To their friends and family, they were living normal lives, their marriage seemed good, and they were good parents to Madison. Around the time of their disappearance, things were getting weird and wild, friend. Both Bobby and Sherilyn were into spirituality and were convinced that their home was being invaded by spirits. Sherilyn believed Madison talked regularly to a spirit named Emily, which, did you ever have imaginary friends? I did not. Did you? No, no, me neither, me neither. But I think it's common, but also if like I had a kid that was talking to someone that wasn't there, I'd be a little spooked. Yeah, me too. They even went as far as reaching out to their preacher to ask for special bullets so they could shoot the spirits that were, quote, on the roof of their house. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Also, Bobby had a copy of the Satanic Bible by Anton Lavi, so he could use it to perform an exorcism on the house, which that wouldn't be the first book I would grab to do that. I was just going to ask, is that what you get when you want demons to go away? Because I feel like demons would flock to the Satanic Right. Bible. So Anton Lavi actually founded the house of, I don't know, the Satanists. Like he, he created that group. 
I don't know. I just feel like it would have fueled the hellfire. Like, you know, maybe grab the Bible, maybe. Yeah, just the classic holy Bible. Anything holy. First edition. Yes. Um, Sherilyn was just as spooky as her husband. She would perform seances with her friend Nikki Chenault and would go around telling her neighbors that she was a witch. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, a little weird, but I know some, like Wiccans, right? They believe that. So she thinks she's a witch. And I know that you said that he, they're spiritual. Do we know his religion? Do we know like their overall religion? Or they're just spiritual people? I couldn't really find anything online. They had a preacher. I'm not sure what church they were with. Okay. But yeah, they were just spiritual. That's all I could find online. So Sherilyn spray painted odd messages on her home, like, quote, black cats being poisoned and, quote, witches did not like it when their cats were killed. I don't know if you tell, but somebody was killing this lady's cats left and right. So she was letting the neighborhood know not to touch her damn cats. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing to note. Like I said, Bobby had gone into a bad accident, so they decided to hire someone that can do the heavy lifting around the property. While Bobby was out one day, the man that they hired aggressively told Sherilyn that he was a white supremacist and he was disgusted by her. Sherilyn was part Native American. And in response to this, and I feel like rightly so, she threatened him with her gun and eventually shot a few rounds to scare him off. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do it, Sherilyn. Everyone's so weird. Friend, everyone is already so weird. Where's Madison? I mean, she's living her, I'm sure she's living her best life. How old is she? She's six. Okay. Oh my God. Poor Madison. Get it together, adults. A lot of different things are happening to this family. They are just getting hit from all sides at this point. In all of this madness, they decided that they were going to make the move to the Sand Boys Mountains where they would live on a 40-acre plot of land in a shipping container. Side note. Sherilyn's son from a previous relationship saw her two weeks prior to the family's disappearance, and he said that she made no mention of their plans to move to the Sand Boys area. It's possible that they were taking a trip to view the land instead of officially packing up and moving, but no one really knows exactly what their plan was. On the day of their disappearance, they are seen on their own security cameras loading their car with bags in what many people believe to be a trance-like state. According to investigators, they took an extremely long time to load the car and also change clothes several times. They also said that they were removing items and then putting the same item back in in the truck. Overall, it was just a strange behavior for people that were just going on a trip. Honestly, I'm scared. I'm never scared and I'm scared. Just like a bunch of zombies loading and unloading. I'm scared. Where's Madison? She's strapped in, just like, guys. Just hurry up. Can we go? (laughs) What's taking so long? Yeah, once they made it to the Sand Boys Mountains, they're spotted one more time by a man that lived in the area. According to him, the family was alone. After this, it was as if they vanished into thin air. Three days later, hunters stumbled across their abandoned car. Get ready for this one. Locked inside, they found the family's dog, alive but famished. Both Bobby's and Sherilyn's phone, car keys, a GPS, a letter written by Sherilyn, and $32,000 in cash. The fuck? I am, first of all, I'm engrossed. You're doing an incredible job. Oh, thank you're, you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Second of all, mm-hmm. what is happening? Girl, I wish we freaking knew. 
in cash. Let me me keep going. I'm going to keep going. On Bobby's phone, there was a photo taken of Madison in the mountains the day before they were reported missing. Now, there's some debate surrounding this photo. A lot of people say that Madison looks like she's being forced to smile. Relatives also say that this isn't how she usually smiles, so even they find the photo concerning. Now, Beth, I sent you the photo. Tell the people what you think. I'm going to go to it. Um, okay, guys, for reference, when Ash says smile, she's grimacing. Like, homegirl's grimacing. You think? She looks like she's in mid, yeah, she looks like she's in mid-conversation, or if they said, like, okay, smile, like, do it, you know? She doesn't look actually happy, but I can't tell if it's, like, when an adult tells a kid to smile and they're over it because they've taken a billion pictures they don't want to take, or if it's, like, forceful. But she's not having fun, that's for sure. Right. I feel like even the way her arms are crossed it's a little awkward. Like it seems, it's not a normal pose. It's not a normal pose. The background isn't good. It's a weird place to like take a picture and smile. Like she's not enjoying herself. Yeah, the angle. You're right. I didn't even think about the angle. Okay. After this discovery, a group of volunteers and authorities began searching for the family, but it was later called off due to nothing being found. That was until four years later in 2013, when hunters found three skeletal remains lying side by side and face down three miles from where their car was originally found. (laughs) Yeah. Three miles. (laughs) My mouth is open. Yep. The medical examiner ruled their death as unknown, noting that there was no sign of trauma that would have caused their deaths. And this is where this bizarre case ends. You're lying. (laughs) You're lying. (laughs) That's literally all I have for you. That is all I have for you. But are you ready to go down the rabbit hole of theories? Okay, almost. I'm almost ready. I just want to get into a little bit. If the medical examiner found no sign of trauma, right? That's what you Mm -hmm. said? Then... I don't know. Just something to note is like after four years, a lot would be missing. Like they would be just skulls. But I I do want to note that like if they were shot or something like that, you would be able to tell maybe like any kind of injury to their skull. So they definitely didn't die that way, right? Well, okay. So there is a lot of information about this case. You can go down just a deep rabbit hole. I did find some sources that said that Bobby had a hole in the back of his head. But I feel like the more reputable sources didn't say that. So I didn't want to include that. There's a lot of hearsay with this case. Yeah. So it's not a consistent detail. Exactly. But that that is something that I've read, but it wasn't in like the official reports. Okay. Okay. Let's get that then. I'm going to assume that it probably wasn't there. I just wanted to check. Yeah. But four years is, that's a lot of decay. All the evidence isn't there, right? Okay. We're going to get into theories, man. Are you ready? <laughs> Bitch, I'm ready. Okay. Theory number one, the Jamesons were victims of a cult. So remember that video footage of them acting strange and loading up their car? Yeah, that I'm scared of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some have theorized that they were acting weird because they weren't alone. That someone or a group of people were out of frame, but they're with them, forcing them to pack so they could make it seem like they were going away for a long time. Also, Sherilyn's mother told police that she believes a religious cult could be behind the killings and that they were on an Oklahoma cult hit list. Police never confirmed any cult activity and Sherilyn's mom never provided the name of the cult, but to this day, she still believes that this is what happened. Thoughts, questions, concerns? I mean, 
a cult kind of makes sense, right? Their behavior was both super weird. They're being creepy and like painting stuff on the house. I had no idea cults had hit lists, like a cult hit list. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm sure they do. They're all around just sketchy. (laughs) Don't get on it. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) Theory number two. This was a murder-suicide situation. One of the items left behind in the car was a letter Sherilyn wrote, and it was addressed to Bobby. It was basically a hate letter, and in it, she called him a loner and a hermit and mentioned getting a divorce. Yeah. Also, back at their home in Eufala, I don't know, it's spelled weird, Eufala, authorities found another letter that mentioned death. I'm not sure the details of who wrote this letter, but everything online was very vague, so I couldn't find any other information. Um, My issue with this is that there was no weapon recovered, and Sherilyn's gun, which was always in her car, wasn't there either, so... Okay, I have five billion questions. One, how long is that letter? To answer that question, I read a couple sources that said the letter was 11 pages long. It was a manifesto of hate. Oh, bitch. She had stayed up some nights writing that. She had been thinking about that letter. Was she going to read it to him on the trip? She know. brought it to go over it? Okay. That's a good question. Good yeah, so she she writes a letter. She takes it. She's like, we're going to hash this shit out mid-vacation. And then after that, I'm going to kill him, then myself, then my daughter. That's this theory? Yeah, pretty much. But why pack all that stuff? I mean, maybe he didn't know. I don't know. Yeah, if he doesn't know. Also, I don't think it's weird that the handgun isn't in the car because if you were going to murder him, you need to take it with you, right? So maybe they just couldn't find it wherever she put it. It should be near the her body. Why were they all laying face down next to each other? Face down, huh? Okay, let me, let me think on this. While you ponder on that, I'm going to move on. <laughs> Theory number three. This was a drug deal gone bad. The Jamesons somehow had a giant bag of cash on them. Again, these people were unemployed. The unemployment doesn't pay that good. <laughs> right? Authorities thought their behavior in the security video was like someone that was on drugs. If we think about everything that they were experiencing prior in their behavior, it does kind of sound like they were on a really bad freaking trip mm-hmm. of some kind of drug. A lot of people argue that if they were meeting up with drug dealers, they wouldn't have brought their kid and also that bag of money would have not been left behind. Authorities did notice on the security footage that a brown briefcase was packed but never recovered in the car. Maybe this bag had more money in it, and to cover their tracks, the murderers left the other bag behind to make it not look like a robbery. Or maybe they had an amount of money in that briefcase, and then they died, and the robbers just took that briefcase and booked it while they met outside, you know what I mean? And everything left in the car just stayed in the car. I don't think the parents care where they bring Madison, because they're just spray painting on walls and like shooting demons on the roof. So I don't think that they mind that they're bringing her to a drug deal. I really don't think they care. Yeah, these are, they, they are some free spirits, these, these kids, these crazy kids. You're right. Yeah, but I think it's weird if it's a drug deal gone wrong, that there's money in the car. Let me think about this. Are there more theories I need a lot of time to ponder? We have two more. Oh, let's go. Theory number four. Bobby's dad had something to do with it. The Jamesons filed a restraining order against Bobby's dad after he threatened to kill them over some business issues. 
In a report filed against his father in April of 2009, Bobby claimed that he tried to run him over with his car in 2008. He also stated that his father was involved in meth and gangs. There were rumors in the family that Bob Sr. had connections with the Mexican mafia. And even though he was ill during the time of their disappearance, he could have hired someone to do the job. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Assassinations are not funny. It's just like, Bob Sr., calm down with your old ass. You're just old and ill and hiring people to kill your son and his whole family. Yeah, he was on his deathbed at the time of their disappearance. He died two months later, but a lot of people believe that he hired, like, a hitman. It's his dying wish? Yeah. (laughs) He had so much hate for his son. Oh, Bob Sr. Isn't it? It just sounds funny. Bob Sr. is involved with the Mexican mob. Like, Bob Sr., stop. Bob Sr., you're too old, sir. You're going to grow out of it at one point, I think. (laughs) Okay. We have the last theory. And... Just hear me out, okay? Theory number five. It was the damn white knight and his pesky friends, a.k.a. the Oklahoma Police Department. Originally, I wasn't going to include the white supremacist guy in the list of theories because according to police, he had a solid alibi. But hear me out. We all know these white knights are undercover and everywhere. And also, this is Oklahoma. How is it that the police searched the area, and couldn't find their remains when they were just two miles away the whole time. Could it be that the clan got them and the sketchy brothers in blue covered it up? Sherilyn fired two rounds at the guy, and I'm sure he just couldn't let that go. Okay, follow-up question. White supremacists are called white knights? Yeah. We're going to stop that here on this podcast. Let's call them white trash bags. White pails of garbage. (laughs) Knights is way too cool. No, no. White pieces of poop. I don't know what you want to pick, but we're not going yeah. with Knight. Okay. Is there. <laughs> That's what they're called. Is there. I know. I get it, but we're just. We're not doing that. We're not adding to that. I hate it. All right. Agreed. agreed is there okay. any evidence to support this theory? Or just the fact that the gun, they never found the bodies and they found them four years later? No, it's just that they never found the bodies. <laughs> I honestly, as I was typing this out, like literally at 12 a.m., I came up with this theory. Because I'm like, oh. how does that, what, like, how, how do they miss three bodies? Why did they call off the search? Do you remember the case of that boy, Josh? And he was found less than a mile from his house in a chimney. If you guys haven't heard that episode, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes they just miss stuff and they have other stuff. I'm not making an excuse. They they might be garbage and this might be true, but it does happen sometimes where they're closer than you think and then they come up years later and it doesn't make any sense. Or maybe people put them back later. That's another thing to consider. Right. That is another thing to consider. I will say though, as I was researching this theory, mm-hmm. just I think last month there was an incident with the Oklahoma Police Department where one of the officers accidentally or maybe purposely sent out an email that basically was, it was just like a clan related email to like everyone. Like he CC'd everyone on the force. <laughs> so like, I'm just going to say it, you know, the, they're, they're in the police. You know what I mean? Like, like he was know. corresponding like with the clan. No, he like me. It was like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But it was just like a clan-themed email. I mean, that doesn't surprise – I mean, it's disgusting, but it doesn't surprise me that the Oklahoma – no, like, no offense, Oklahoma, but also offense. 
I need I need some time to let these theories okay. marinate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get <laughs> some like pause music. I need a minute. Yep. Okay. Um. God, this is, this is very interesting. I am going to go with the theory that mm-hmm. the mom killed everyone. Really? Here, hear me out. Here's my reasons. Okay, I'm gonna go with she's mad. I think both the parents are a little bit off. Just from this story, this is all I've never heard of this. I only know what I'm hearing. Both the parents sound a little bit off. Nobody really sounds mentally sane to me. So I think she's writing this letter. She's pissed. She's getting worked up. She's mad. She has her gun in the car. She's ready to go. She wants to do it somewhere else. Maybe not her home because of the demons. I don't know. So she does a little fake like, let's move or let's go check out this place. And the dad has no idea. So they all pack everything up. They go out there. She maybe reads the letter or she's reading on the way. She gets more mad. Maybe he finds it. He gets mad. I think it is the adults in the situation. I think something in their relationship exploded. And unfortunately, and it breaks my heart, Madison was like a casualty of it. But their behavior prior is so weird. There's a lot of other weird elements, but their behavior prior is insane to me. I think to add on to that too, um, Sherilyn was bipolar. And with that comes manic episodes. Do we know, is she like bipolar and like taking care of herself, taking her meds, or she's like bipolar and just not? Right. So she was prescribed medication and she she was known to like not take her medication. But yeah, I mean, I I think it is possible that maybe she, she did kill everyone and herself. But also, I think the lack of like a gun not being there and also like a bag missing (laughs) from the car that the officer saw. So that's kind of confusing. Like, who? where did the bag go? Where did the bag go? But also, who wouldn't take $32,000 in cash? That's why That's why I don't think <laughs> I don't that know, there's – I my brain. I know, my brain too. That's why I think maybe there wasn't anyone else there. I think maybe the 32000 was like, let's take everything that we have out of savings. Let's go start a new life. Let's pack up all our stuff. Let's – whatever. Like, that's what the narrative that she's feeding when she's really like, nah, I am going to murder this dude because of the billion of reasons that I wrote down on this 11-page note. Um. But you're right, the the luggage missing, the gun missing, it's all weird. But when you don't find their skulls for four years, when it's less than three miles away, it makes me think anything's possible. Maybe someone found something, like found the luggage but didn't see the skulls. Maybe they were buried or – I don't know. That's what I'm going with. I don't love it, but that's what that's just where I'm headed. What do you think? Dude, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I honestly have no freaking clue. It's a lot. I feel like anything is a possibility. And that's even what the police said. They're like, they're not ruling anything out. They know nothing. But is it because they did it? I mean, that doesn't help their case, right? It doesn't. Um, I think probably the the one thing that makes the most sense is a murder-suicide situation. Except I'm just stuck on the gun not being there. I'm stuck on the gun. But like the dad being involved, Bob Sr. <laughs> I'm sorry, that name is so ridiculous. Bob Sr. being involved with like cartel and all that, that also could account for some kind of drug situation or maybe Bob Sr. didn't pay his dues. So then the family had to get a certain amount of money out. And then they, I mean, that makes sense too, right? To have so much money out because maybe you had to, maybe you had to meet a certain amount like people up in the mountains and then they just killed all of you. And that's getting revenge on Bob Sr. somehow. 
Maybe. It's my backup theory. Who the freak knows, dude? This is the thing. We'll never know. No, I I think this is the most lost I've ever been of you telling me a story. I'm freaking stressed. I'm stressed. Honestly, before we go on it, wait, are you going to tell us your theory? Or you choose option C? No, I don't know. I choose all of them. (laughs) Before we go, my brain's broken. Yeah, so is mine. I just want to make a point to like, I don't, I don't know. I just, this episode makes me really feel for Madison, you know? And I just hope that like, if there are people with like mental health issues that they like reach out and get the help they need or get their kids the help they need or support, whatever, because I just feel whatever happened, even the events prior to all of their deaths, they just hurt my heart for little Madison, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm depressed and drinking. And that was the mysterious death of the Jameson family. As always, guys, you can follow us on Instagram at We're Lost Podcast. You can also email us any suggestions. Um, we'd love to hear back from you and do stories that you guys are interested in. Also, huge favor, if you can, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us and just boosts us up for other people to see what we're doing. So. We appreciate it. Please and thank you. Thank you. Oh, also, also, PSS, we have a new editor. She's been editing for a while, but she's been MIA. Tell Nash. She is killing it. Shout out to Amanda. Yeah, she's just killing it. All the episodes, I think the last, I want to say four or three, have been beautiful masterpieces. And that's all due to our girl. Yeah. So shout out to you. If you know Ash and I, then you know Amanda too. Um, she's ride or die, but now she's with us here and we're so happy to have her. She is behind the scenes doing all of our editing. We're so happy. Yes. So shout out. Love you. Um, that's it. We're off and we're out. That's it. Bye guys. We gave you all we had. Goodbye. The fort makes me chilly. <laughs> the fort makes me chilly. <laughs> oh wait, can we hold for sound? Actually, there's a train. Yeah. This train is long. I hear the train coming. It's coming around the bend. <laughs> I ain't seen the sunshine since. I don't know <laughs> when. I don't know shot a man in Reno. Oh, yeah. Just to Just watch, to watch him <laughs> Wait, I think that's it. No, that's literally it. Goodbye. Okay, fine, bye. Go. <laughs> Get out. Leave. Get out of here. Get. <laughs> Emma, are we done? Can I get out of this fort? Jesus, I'm burning. I'm about to be naked.